we are we are living in an apocalypse. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, we're living in apocalyptic times right now. Maybe you think that's uh, the same as the end times, but it's not. Uh, the word apocalypse means a revealing. And, uh, and as our world shifts right now, many things are being revealed. It's, it's apocalyptic. There is a great revealing happening. Uh, things that are being revealed are the deepest and the darkest places within our own hearts. Things that are being revealed is the disparity that we have in our own country, the divide between those who are uncomfortable physically or emotionally, but can ride this out with savings um, and secure jobs, which is a vastly different experience than those who are about to lose their homes, who have no idea how to feed their children and are not eligible to receive federal aid. Uh, we're seeing a revealing of the divide in politics right now where we refuse to understand the concerns or the perspectives of another and, uh, and we justify our views without much conversation and so disdain continues to pile up. We're living in apocalyptic times. The greed and the fear within us is being revealed. The idols of money and productivity and consumerism and individualism they're being put on display and, and we don't know what to do as we experience withdrawal from our addictions. The earth is being shaken, it seems, and where there is shaking, many things fall and cracks are revealed. Earthquakes, they send shock waves out far and wide, even, even far away from the epicenter of where the earthquake itself happens. So in the book of Hebrews, there's this image of, of a cultural earthquake a shifting of things that God's people were experiencing. And, uh, and it's in Hebrews 12. And, uh, and before I say this, I'll, I'll say that uh, the writer of Hebrews is, is speaking with people probably preparing, for, preparing his readers uh, for this seismic event that's about to take place in their lives. Um, there was an invasion of Israel by the Roman forces and the destruction of, of the city of Jerusalem uh, just before the temple was destroyed. Uh, Israel's zealots had rebelled in AD 66 and General Titus then came in with the Romans and destroyed them and eventually laid siege to the entire city of Jerusalem, including destroying the temple in AD 70. So the writer of Hebrews is talking about this shifting of everything, this earthquake happening in their lives. And he reminds people that in this time, God would be revealing what was unshakable by revealing everything that was shakable. And so he, he compares the shaking of things, this, this earthquake, to uh, the shaking of Mount Sinai and the revelation of God's word uh, to Moses. And he talks about things like in, in that time, there was uh, flaming fire and darkness and gloom on the mountain. Um, Moses himself, this is verse 21, but you can just hear this with me because I'm going to paraphrase a lot of it. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I'm terrified and trembling. So this is the earthquake that he's reminding them of that God's people once walked through. And then the writer of Hebrews says, but you have come to a different mountain. You've come to the city of the living God. You've come to the assembly of God's firstborn children. You've come to God himself the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect, and you have come 
to Jesus, the one who mediates between, who mediates the new covenant between God and his people, speaks forgiveness. And so, so the, com- the comparison right away that we hear of a cultural earthquake happening is that one earthquake happened, one shaking of all things happened at a mountain with great terror. And the writer of Hebrews says, but you're in a different position. So he says in verse 26, here's what he says. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed, so only what is unshakable will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Let me throw this screen up real quick for a moment. I want you to take a look at that, that statement. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy reverence and awe. Shaking things reveals what is secure and what will crumble. Uh, I've been cleaning the woods behind my house, cleaning them up, removing old dead trees and making space for new life recently. Uh, I, I found a large stump that was about the size of my, my chest, maybe four, five feet tall. And, uh, and it was covered in old broken vines and, and deadness. And so um, I began to, to shake the tree to, to remove this dead stump from the ground so that I could move it out of the way to make space for what was uh, alive. And as I began to shake it, all of these uh, dead pieces began to fall away, all of the, the vines and and the leaves and sticks that had, that had grown, grown dead. But as I shook it, I realized that, uh, that there was many things that were being jarred free, but, uh, but something was left attached and I could not move it any further. And then I saw on the right side, I saw this edge, um, this little green shoot coming out of the side. And I realized that it was alive. And if it was alive, that meant it was rooted. And if it was rooted, I was not going to be able to remove it, nor did I want to be able to remove it. So I decided to clean off what was dead and to allow that shoot to grow and we'll see what happens in the springtime. Uh, Also, my kids like to play in the back and they found these vines that they swing on in the trails behind our house. And they take me back there to show me and they'll jump on a vine and they'll swing across. And my first instinct is immediately to be like, oh, that's about to break, it's about to snap and to look up and around. But it never does. And the reason is that I did not realize that my kids have already been out there testing and pulling these vines and everything that, that is dead above it that will come down during that time, all the leaves, all the branches, but they've found the vine to be secure because it's alive. Uh, that's quite a reminder for us, right? Uh, like the words of Jesus in, in John 15, that he is the vine and we are called to stay connected to it. Unshakable things in earthquakes, according to the writer of Hebrews, are things that are connected to God's kingdom. Unshakable things are the things that are connected to God's kingdom. The shakable things in our lives are the things that come and go. Uh, Or the shakable things are the things that are not fastened securely enough to the kingdom. Uh, Some shakable things might be good, but, uh, 
but maybe they're shaken because they're not linked to what's unshakable. Take a moment and just think with me about what might be shakable and what might be unshakable right now. Maybe your marriage is, uh, is what you think of when you think about what's shaking during this cultural earthquake in your lives. Maybe it's your love for your kids that seems to be shaking because you get so frustrated. Maybe it's your financial security. Maybe it's your self-made mindset that doesn't have any space for weaknesses right now. Uh, maybe it's your deeply held insecurities that are being shaken to the surface and threatening to paralyze you and take over every moment. Maybe what's being shaken is your ability to control your anger. And it's coming and rising up in you and outside of you, and you can't keep a grip on it. There's two ways to deal with things that shake. We can let them fall, or we can fasten them to something secure. Those are our only two options when things shake. Letting them fall has a value for many things. Uh, we build up idols, and we make assumptions about ourselves and our world that don't lead us toward Jesus. And those things are exposed right now. But we often let dead things stay in our branches and block the sun from reaching the living spaces. And, and when earthquakes occur, we have this opportunity to let those things fall, and it's really hard. Uh, because I feel lethargic and unmotivated and just apathetic regularly. And while Jess encouraged us that we need to be allowed to have those emotions, and I could not agree more with that, we need to be okay saying things are not okay. But within that, there are times for us to overcome our lethargy, to overcome our apathy, and to continue to move forward so, so that we can reconnect what has been disconnected. So that the important things in our lives that we feel like are shaking can be, can be fastened again to what is unshakable. And so that the things that are shaking that we look around and see are dead and don't bring life to us can be allowed to fall. <clears throat> and if all we do, <coughs> sorry about that, if all we do is try to survive during this time, and, and when the opportunities come to notice what is shaking and what is unshakable, and we don't take the time to acknowledge and to grasp what matters, then we're missing an opportunity for God to be revealed. We're missing an opportunity for the kingdom to be revealed, for us to hear God revealing new things to us in so many ways. So this is our opportunity. Um, I said that one, one thing that we can do uh, with things that are shaking is that we can let them fall, but but one other thing that we can do with, with things that are shaking is that we can fasten those things to what is secure and what has unending value. Certain things of value have faltered in our lives because they're not connected to the kingdom that brings life, right? If we wanna fasten those things to something secure, we have to determine what actually is unshakable so that we can reconnect what's been disconnected. This is our opportunity right now. During this apocalypse, during the time where things are being revealed to us in new ways, where we're seeing things for what they are and systems for how empty they are. Uh, during this earthquake, in the revealing that's happening right now as things shake, the question is what indeed, what remains and what should fall and what needs to be secured and what needs no securing at all because nothing in all creation could ever shake it. A chapter later in Hebrews 13, uh, the writer writes this simple statement, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's an element of unshakability. And what was revealed in our celebration several weeks ago, right, was God's secure foundation of love and forgiveness and power over even death. So what happened when Jesus was shaken was that what was unshakable was revealed. So what we do is we stand on the foundation of Jesus and we fix our eyes on Jesus and we walk in faith and something beautiful occurs because when we stand on the foundation of what is unshakable during an earthquake, when our foundation is secure, we get to become part of the rescue team and not the victims. And our, our world right now has a growing need of those who are able to be on the rescue teams. Uh, in fact, the, this section in, in Hebrews 12, and again, uh, in, in the Bible, chapters of books, are they weren't added for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so sometimes you think that one thought's done and all they did was just put a new chapter in. But anyways, at the beginning of chapter 12, um, Paul is writing, or I'm sorry, Paul, I miss, I, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Uh, the early church held that it was Paul. It might be, it might not be. But anyways, um, in the beginning of chapter 12, not the beginning, the middle of it, before this whole section, uh, the writer gives this this incredibly intense challenge to be people of courage. And here's what they write. So take, this is verse 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. So that's the challenge before all of this earthquake language and all of this shaking of the mountains happens. That's what the writer says, take a new grip with your tired hands. He says, have courage. And the way that he talks about gaining courage later in the, in the chapter and in chapter 13 comes from clarity on who we are and on who God is. And it comes from confidence in who God has made us to be. So clarity and confidence create that, that courage. Uh, and, and then he talks about how courage comes from community. Uh, we can't do this alone. So he says things like, continue to live in love with one another, um, continue to practice hospitality and serve one another, very similar um, to what we saw in Romans 12 last week. And so in the midst of cultural earthquakes, what we do is we choose to walk with Jesus in courage, the courage that comes from knowing who we are and who God is and who God's made us to be, and the courage that can come from being in community together. So we invite Jesus in these times to do something new, but also to reveal and reassure us by reminding us of what is unshakable.